You're listening to the Laugh Factory Podcast Network. For more shows, visit the podcast page at laughfactory.com. Everybody, we are coming to you late on a Wednesday, recording live from the Laugh Factory. I apologize. We are usually coming to you on Mondays. We had the Sean Joshi and Friends show here at the Laugh Factory on Monday, which was a great success. And I had meetings during the day, like a real person in show business. Oh, my God. But we are here now with the lovely Lori Douglas. And let's get, uh, what do you say? Let's get straight into uh, straight into our NFL report card. Let's do it. Let's get into it. Ah, fuck yeah! Cheers, bro! <laughs> now, I hated report cards. Report cards represented a source of existential terror for me as a young brown boy growing up in Indianapolis because every time I would bring that shit home, I would get my ass whooped so fucking hard. I was, like, such a shitty student to the point, like, I would, like, hide them and, like, lose them. <laughs> Like, I, once I walked home from school and I told my parents I lost my report card on the way home from school. But then I figured out something brilliant. Okay? What did you figure out? They still printed the report cards on a dot matrix printer, which means if you use a uh, number two lead pencil, you can accurately simulate the little dots that they used. <laughs> So I could change C's and D's into B's like it was no fucking problem. All of a sudden, I was a 3-0 student. You know They're what like, I mean? Whoa! Wow! Yeah. So so school turned me into a little counterfeiter. Is my experience with report cards really? But uh, yeah. So I applaud anybody who shows half-assed effort. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like David Letterman has a scholarship for Ball State students who only have a C average. <laughs> Shut up. I did not know he had that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which That's I think is amazing. Brilliant, right? That's fucking brilliant. So I want to applaud Vontae Davis for retiring at halftime of a football game. I mean, that is the most amazing thing to me that I've ever heard. I didn't even know such a thing was possible. But the Bills were playing the Chargers. And apparently, um, apparently, Vontae Davis went into the locker room and he did not come out. This is from Bills linebacker uh, Lorenzo Alexander. He says, I've never seen anything like it. Pop Warner High School, college pros, never heard of it, never seen it. And it's just completely disrespectful to his teammates. He didn't say nothing to nobody. You know what I mean? I say it's good. Yeah. You know? Who wants to get their ass, like, hit in Buffalo in, in 30-degree temperature? Like, that doesn't seem very fun to me. He was just like, I'm out. I'm done. Yeah. And I don't any, think we're going to win. Yeah. And, like, people are giving him shit, but I'm like, fuck that. Why would you give him shit, man? The Buffalo Bills are probably the shittiest team in the league with the shittiest coach. Would you play for a guy who started Nathan Peterman in Week 10 in a playoff race? <laughs> and then the guy throws five picks, and he decides he should start him again? I mean, that's fucking, that's mind-boggling to me, you know? But uh, I just hope Vontae 
coordinated with his grandma afterwards. Um, if you don't remember, Vontae Davis is the author of one of my favorite Hard Knocks moments of all time, in which when he was playing for the Miami Dolphins, he finds out he's getting traded, and his initial reaction is priceless. Here he is, Vontae Davis. Okay, so the, the rumor is true, okay? Uh, we just traded you, okay? We traded you to the Indianapolis Colts, all right? So, um, you okay? Now I want to call my grandmother. You can call your grandmother? Okay, this isn't, this isn't. He it. just wants to call his grandmama. Oh, he loves his grandma. Isn't that so cute? He's the grandma's boy. Yeah, so I was actually reading about his, like, day during the game and, like, everything that led up to it. And he reads uh, Bible verses that his grandmother requests before every single football game. Is that not the sweetest goddamn sweet. thing you've ever? Another hand for Vontae Davis for being a fucking sweetheart. Vontae. should have maybe read a few more. <laughs> Something. <laughs> right? So, I mean, I don't think this will have any impact on the Bills or anything, but I like to promote laziness. How much was I he getting paid? It. I don't know. He must have been on a veteran's minimum contract. Yeah. In fact, I'm, I'm sure he was. And those, I think, are around 900 to 1.1, 1.2. So, I mean, he was getting a little decent chunk of change. But it's like, at the same time, you know, like, football is the hardest game ever. And we're all mm -hmm. like, you know, concussions, blah, blah, blah. And then we're like, how dare you quit or whatever. But I say quit more. Okay, <laughs> people out there, if more people quit at things, there would There's... be less traffic in L.A. I could tell you that much right now. All right. But I always love uh, as far as work is concerned, this quote from Charles Bukowski. And then you just multiply like Buffalo and football on it and it makes it even more like makes sense. He says, to quote the great Chuck Bukowski, how in the hell could a man enjoy being awakened at 830 a.m. by an alarm clock, leap out of bed? Dress, force feed, shit, piss, brush teeth and hair, and fight traffic to get to a place where essentially you made lots of money for somebody else and were asked to be grateful for the opportunity to do so. Exactly. Sounds so what... like my acting career. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Right? I'm like not even getting paid. But... Yeah, I, I, I think I felt <laughs> that way after certain sets in my life. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm. But yeah, so meanwhile, uh, the Bills may be 0-2. They lost to the Chargers 31-20. But Bills fans are in mid-season form. This is from Tim Graham, a writer. He tweeted, I just saw my first puker of opening day. No, not in the parking lot. At the intersection of Mile Strip Road and South Park Avenue at a stoplight in the middle lane. She got it all over her Stevie Johnson jersey, but they recovered in time for the green light. That's, Puke and rally, baby. That's what you got to do. Puke and rally. How the hell are you going to make it through Nathan Peterman's <laughs> season unless you know how to fucking puke and rally? So I give an A to Vontae Davis for fucking quitting for, right when he should have. Giving him an A? Giving him a straight A. Straight A, baby, from the Sean Choshi Scholarship Fund. <laughs> we are also giving an A to Ryan Fitzpatrick. Not just for his tremendous show so far this season in which he's thrown eight touchdowns and zero picks for the very surprising 2-0 Bucks. I'm giving an A for his post-game swag. Did you see him this past weekend at his press conference, Lori? Yeah, he was pretty fierce. He was pretty fierce. How would you describe that look? I don't even know where it starts, you know? 
starts with confidence. That's where it starts. Yes, yes, yes. I often say that about men with mustaches. Like, you know, you have to have all the confidence in the world when you should clearly have none. 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 Zero. Not even like a half. Not even a modicum. That and fedoras. What's going on? Oh, my God. Don't even get me started As a white person, can I ask you, what's going on with the white boys and the fedoras? They're all walking around like a combination of Woody from Toy Story and Darkwing Duck. You know what I mean? Completely. What is that look? Trying to be edgy. Yeah, and you can't wear like clean cut clothes, and then like the fedora, like the fedora's got to match the swag of what you're wearing. I agree. It's got to go with. If it doesn't, then take it off. Exactly. But honestly, put the fedora on. Look in the mirror. Yeah. And take it off. Exactly. Just take it off. Take it off. Hang it back up on the hanger. Hang it back. There's no shame in that. Quit like Vontae Davis. Completely, please. Pull a Davis. Pull a Davis. Pull a Pull a Davis. Take it off. Exactly. That's why I actually call fedoras the N-words of hats because only (laughs) black people should wear them. Anyway, (laughs) they look good in them. But Ryan Fitzpatrick came out with so much swag. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so he showed up wearing Deshaun Jackson's jacket to the press conference with no shirt underneath. And I don't know what you would describe it as in a bunch of gold chains. I describe it as Persian Ryan Fitzpatrick. Ooh, I like that. I could see that for sure. Or maybe even Armenian depending on what part of Glendale you're in at yeah, that for particular sure. time. But it's like, he looks like a gypsy had sex with an actual buccaneer who may or may not pimp women on the side is how I would discuss this look, right? It does have an air of pimp. There is an air, right? There is definitely. Right. But, um, <laughs> but here he is. So he's in the middle of the press conference, doesn't explain anything. Deshaun Jackson walks through like five minutes in. He's like, oh, shit, I can only do two more questions. I have to get Deshaun his jacket back. Here he goes. Hey, DJ. I got like two more because DJ needs his stuff back. <laughs> Wait a minute, you mean I, borrow, I borrowed your stuff. Sorry. Yeah, I borrowed your stuff. Sorry, Deshaun. Right. What, what, what is yours? Is any of that yours or is the that? The chest hair is mine. <laughs> Swaggy, baby. No, it is. It is. <laughs> One lining. I fucking hate those press conferences. They're so, like, sycophantic. And you have yeah. all these grown men asking these people so much younger than them, like, these silly questions about a game. It's like, it's like I've been in them. I've been on the other side working as a journalist as a press yeah. conference. And uh, it's like, you're just like, this is so silly. What am I asking these children these questions for? It's ridiculous. But, um, yeah, I think Ryan Fitzpatrick presents an interesting dilemma for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, okay? So they have uh, Jameis Winston uh, returning from his suspension this upcoming week, and they play on Monday night. So the question becomes down in Tampa Bay, do you go with Fitzy Fitzmagic, baby, and all his sexy swag? Or do you go with Jameis Winston, who has the pedigree as the number one pick, coming off of problems, inconsistency issues? How would you play this, Lori, if you were head coach Dirk Cutter? I feel like I would reward him for that great game he played and see if he can pull through again. Yeah. But I feel like it comes down to who's getting paid more. Right? I mean, ad- you know, essentially, yeah. for a coach or it, no? It's not a democratic process. You yeah. know, a lot of times with these rosters, it is sometimes who's getting paid in terms of who's starting or not starting. But I just think that uh, that and not just not just across football, really. Um, back in my journalism days, I just I, I covered racing in Indianapolis and I was talking to the great Jim Davidson, racing uh, historian. People, people in racing will know him. And I was just talking about these drivers that come up and how they come up. And he's saying it has nothing to do with how fast they are. 
it's all sponsorship. It's all who can mm-hmm. put the badge on the car. He goes, the best drivers aren't in the series. It's the best marketers and promoters, the guys who can get it. So football is in that is is that in terms of in in terms of who's the GM of the franchise? Yeah. Did he draft those players? Are they the last GM's players? So you have all those considerations in terms of who stays on a roster when it comes to to salary size. But uh, I think in terms of the Buccaneers, he's played so remarkably well. Yeah, he has. So remarkably well with such swag. You know what I mean? To give hope to men with chest hair everywhere. I know. He made chest hair sexy He's made chest hair sexy. After Manu, with his big nose, retired, you know, who was a (laughs) hero of mine, big nose and balding, you know, he gave hope to his big nose, balding men everywhere. And then Boris Diaw, who gave gave hope to men with breasts. (laughs) Now we have a new hero. Us imperfect males and Ryan Fitzpatrick and his Persian chest hair. <laughs> I love it. But I think you got to let him go, man. You got to let him go. I think you even let him have a couple bad games. You know, yeah. you give him two bad games before you get uh, Jameis Winston, you know, back over there. I'm doing my best not to make an Uber joke right now. You I'm should. Doing you should never best. fight that. I'm fighting it. You shouldn't. Yeah. But the funny thing about Fitzpatrick, another reason I would play him is because he's in a contract year and contract Fitzpatrick is the Hulk. <laughs> You know, and regular season, like non-contract year, uh, Fitzpatrick is like, you know, Edward Norton, <laughs> Bruce Banner. Not even the other. Who is the Eric Banner, Bruce Banner? Yeah. I liked Eric Banner, Bruce Banner. You did? Yeah. I yeah. thought Ang Lee fucked up everything around that. Like, Ang Lee's great. But he actually made a comic book movie like a comic book. It was like where they do like frames and pans. Yeah. That's so stupid. You didn't like it? I hated it, man. I liked Eric Bana, though. Yeah. He's one of the guys. I thought Bana should have gotten more play. I always liked Bana, you know? Yeah. No, you no should have been calling the shot. You should have been calling the shot. I should have been calling. What did I tell you? I could fix so much shit, Lori. You could heal so many I things in this world. I could heal so many goddamn things. So many. Elect me as your benevolent dictator in 2020. <laughs> We will end all elections and all free thought. You know how you're thinking, oh, should I eat an everything bagel or a regular bagel? Here's what I say. Be comfortable with no more freedom. Give all of your decisions to me. All of them. All of them. Exactly. Would you go with the everything bagel? You go with the everything bagel. Always. Always go with the everything bagel. See, that's why you're here, Lori. Cheers to that. (laughs) Yeah, but so Ryan Fitzpatrick in a contract year is a completely different beast. The last time he was in a contract year was 2015 with the Jets. That first Todd Bowles year, he threw 31 touchdowns and 15 interceptions. The next year, eh, not so much. 12 TDs and 17 interceptions. And it was that way with the Bills, too. So I would play him now. Just don't play him next year. But an A for (laughs) Fitzpatrick, man. Giving him an A. I'm giving him an A. I am giving a B to the good, bad teams. These are the teams that start out well, and just because they're in the right place at the right time, they're probably going to make the playoffs. And those are, to me, the Dolphins, the Bengals, and the Broncos. I don't think any one of these teams are actually good. You know? You they're just, just feel like the, they're just at the right place at the right time? The right place at the right time. It's like, you know, that friend in college who was dating that girl that was just like completely out of his league because he caught her at the right time. Like when she was like mid-blackout and then like took her home well, and took care of her, was a gentleman, and then she woke up and she was like, wow, sure. that guy was nice. Plot twist. I didn't see yeah. that. So that- <laughs> FYI, have you met a boyfriend like that or something that no, was never. oddly specific? Never. Yeah, because there are no men who are such gentlemen, right? But uh, I was thinking like that one uh, friend in college who's dating the girl out of his league. He caught her at the right time. Like she had just the right combination 
of getting out of a relationship and oh, daddy yeah. issues. Oh, you know for what sure. I mean? that, that's the combination yeah. right there. Yeah. So that to me is the Miami Dolphins and the Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> Their record is way hotter than they should be. They're not a two and zero guy. They're not a. They don't have two and zero swag. They don't have a two and zero jawline. You're not. You're not. They don't even have a two and zero wallet. <laughs> not even close. Not even close. Not even close. But they're the good bad teams. And just by you know luck and playing their schedule, the divisions they're in, and catching a break, I think uh, at least two of these three teams will make the playoffs. But that's my B. The good bad teams of the week. I give an F to who. Dun, dun, dun. The Saints and the Giants. And I'll tell you why. These are the most confusing teams ever. Like, like I just can't peg them one way or another. They're so, like, you're dyslexic. I think totally. these teams are bipolar. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they might have a sprinkle of dyslexia in them. They may have well. a t- like just a <laughs> sprinkle, like they're just they like may. flipping everything Some, around. Sometimes when Eli gets that Eli face, maybe like it has the face of a dyslexic person yeah. trying to read like He's, War and Peace or something. Yeah, completely. Right? Completely. Just a sentence. He's just like, that wait, face. what? Yeah, exactly. But you just don't know like what you're going to get from these teams. I love it when I don't know what I'm going to get from the Giants. I love it when they fuck up. It makes me so happy. But you say that as a Cowboys fan. <laughs> As a Cowboys fan. But so you know this better than anybody else. I think whenever I think the Giants are going to be sh- uh, good, mm-hmm. they're shit. Yeah. Whenever I think they're shit, they win the fucking Super Bowl. It's true. So every single time since they've won the Super Bowl, I just think they're going to be great every year and they're terrible. I yeah. feel like I feel like that's kind of like the Cowboys as well. Like, honestly, yeah. it's like a Cowboys fan. I feel like every time we go into things like this year, they were like, oh, fuck, young, young team. Yeah, they're yeah, not going to yeah. do well. Right. But I mean. That game was bad. It was a bad like, game. Like, Cowboys won sloppily. Yeah, you guys look like crapola as well, we really man. really do. Well, I mean. To but go, I look at it through a lens of love, so. Yeah, well, I mean, you should have given Dez one more year. Just, he can still beat guys on the outside and in possession situations. So yeah. I found it really kind of odd to do that, especially when they didn't have any, like, young talent behind him in his place. You know, completely. And your center is injured, which means that great line in the running game. But yeah, as far as the Giants are concerned, like, you know, those Super Bowl years, what was that like? Because they weren't even considered to be contenders. What was it facing them? Did you think they were special teams? No, not really. Yeah. Not at all. Yeah. And I didn't think Eli was either, but he has that dirt to dirt ability. Well, yeah, because. You know, where he's ready to go. Yeah. He's got that manning blood in him. He's he's like, he's got a little bit of that. Right? That Manning blood. <laughs> I wish I had that Manning blood in me. But, um, but yeah, apparently Eli Manning is only good against the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Like, you He's can like, only put fire under his ass. In the most pressure-packed situation. <laughs> Amazing. You know what I mean? But put him against the Buccaneers in fucking November. It's like a three or four Craps pick his game. Pants. Yeah, it's not all his fault, though. And Completely. same with the Saints. Like, they're, every time I think they're good, they suck. Like, the Giants put a lot of money into their offensive line. They signed Nate Solder. They drafted Will Hernandez. And, you know, Nate Solder protected Tom Brady's blind side for how long? And it just hasn't seemed to fix those problems at all whatsoever. And the Saints, who had such a great D last year, invested so much in terms of draft picks and actual money, were thought to have a top defense, but it just hasn't come together at this point. That being said, um, the Saints started 0-2 last year, and they ended up making the playoffs. But an F! For the Saints and the Giants. And we're continuing the F train. I'm giving an F minus to, oh. the, to the Arizona Cardinals, okay? Oh, yeah. the, what a absolute trash fire. This is easily, between the Bills and the Cardinals, there's like a race 
to see like which one is the least competent team in the league, you know? Yeah. In the league, like uh, I'm surprised one of these teams isn't getting like halftime speeches from like Chad Kroger of Nickelback or something because that's just how shitty they, they fucking need a been. TED talk for sure. They need, they need a, a TED fucking talk. TED talk. They need somebody inspiring, somebody Completely. to inspire them. Get Malala, get Malala <laughs> over there. We need going. Malala down there to inspire the Cardinals to block <laughs> a little bit. But uh, also, Sam Bradford is terrible. He's great at getting contracts. Speaking of contracts, yeah. he's like the most amazing guy in the history of the league for, to be able to do that. But this is his stat line through two games. He's 37 and 61, 243 yards, zero touchdowns, and two picks. Play my Hindu friend, Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen, please. If you don't know what Hindus is, it's a combination of Jews and Hindus. We consider ourselves very close people, the Jews and Hindus. We always get along. Uh, so we call ourselves Hindus, and yes, I am pandering because I'm in Hollywood. But, <laughs> but also when I look at Sam Bradford, he doesn't fit into his uniform. Never, he ne never. It's always a little ill-fitted for yeah. him. It, it kind of reminds me of Trump with his suit. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean, like it's like, come oh on. Oh my God, I'm so glad you say that because whenever I look at Sam Bradford, I see Zap Brannigan from Futurama. <laughs> Zap Brannigan, who also kind of reminds me of Trump. Completely. And Zap Brannigan is based on the character, based on William Shatner, but yeah. he's like an overweight Star Trek <laughs> captain. And he's got the short shorts and the belly. And it's like, when you look at Bradford, he's got these narrow little, like, like slight shoulders, right? Like these just like a little walking dead zombie shoulders. And then he's got this like pot belly. Makes no sense. Yeah, he's got like the same frame is uncle rico from napoleon or something but whenever i see sam bradford just walking onto the field this is what i hear oh shit i almost had that queued up perfectly this is what i hear it's like a bistro <laughs> you win again gravity yes the great zap brannigan man but yeah brannigan was based on william shatner who's just like like i said this overweight guy but yeah Amazing. It always surprises me when, like, a player's overweight. Like, especially a quarterback. I don't know why. I just... Yeah, I miss uh, the big boy, Jared Lorenzen. He played at <laughs> University of Kansas. He was, like, just an absolute fucking tank. Like, he was a quarterback tank. at 260. I think he plays in Arena arena League, too, though. But, yeah, man. Uh, Arizona sucks, and they need to figure out kind of what to do with their life. It's just so hot there. It's too I goddamn hot there, man. It's too hot. But uh, yeah, I think I think Josh Rosen needs to be up there. They need a star, man. They need a star down there. So a big fat F to the Arizona Cardinals and their F. starting quarterback Zap Brannigan, and an F to me for not queuing up that clip the right way. Yes, you failed. Which would have made so much funnier. But who are we giving an A to this week? Fucking Sean McVay's memory. Have you seen this Sean McVay's memory? It is something. Absolutely bizarre. I think he's a Westworld robot. You I do? don't think he's a human being. Okay, I'm not even gonna set this clip up in any ways, but basically maybe I will a little bit. Basically, Sean McVay remembers everything. He remembers every play of every career he's ever been a part of, uh, you know, in terms of yeah. on, on his sideline, not just head coaching for the Rams last year, but going back to his previous experience. So these guys literally take him uh, to the side during a Rams practice and just ask him about random situations during games, and he calls each one. Listen to this shit. It's insane. Week 12, Saints at Rams. 429 in the second quarter, second and seven on the Saints' seven. 
what happens? Oh, Josh Reynolds touchdown off schedule play versus a three-man rush. What? You're absolutely are right. Are you kidding wow. me? You're unbelievable. Now computer. we are going to go. No wonder his girlfriend's an absolute smoke show. <laughs> this is Sean McVay's time in Washington. Oh, no. So we're bringing like it. it back to 2015 week seven. Bucks at skins. Yep. Second and seven on the Tampa Bay 24. 58 seconds left in the fourth quarter. Okay, so once again, this is when he was just an assistant in Washington, okay? Not even the offensive coordinator. And the correct answer is Jameson Crowder wheel route on the right sideline. Watch him. Crowder wheel route down the right sideline. <laughs> Jameson Crowder wheel route down the right sideline. Set up the first down, and then how did that drive end? Jordan Reed touchdown and a four-by-one individual ISO slant. And what meme was that game? You like that. <laughs> he even has the Kirk Cousins ah, meme. He even has the Kirk Cousins. Dude, I think Sean McVay is is uh, Dustin Hoffman from Rain Man. Oh my god, I was just thinking that. He's fucking say, Rain, he Man. Rain Man. Can for we sure? Can we start that as his nickname? Oh my god, Rain for sure. Man, we gotta make memes and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know we have to, and it's even like you know he makes it rain with the points on yeah. the thing. It works in so many ways. I wish we had my favorite Philip Seymour Hoffman clip uh, queued up. Uh, have you seen Along Came Polly? Yes. Where he's like the worst basketball player. He's like, make it rain! Make it rain! Make it rain! I would be horrible to be in a relationship with him, though, because he would remember every fight in oh, detail. I thought you were going to say Philip Seymour Hoffman because he did so much heroin. Well, but that too. That too. Unless you're into heroin. Unless you're it's super a great match. into heroin. It's That's a, a fabulous look. match. The needle hanging out. But Oh, yeah, you're right. Sean McVay would remember everything. everything. You couldn't even like fuck with him anyway. No, no. What if he's like? What if he can't even like form a sentence? I bet like he can't. Like it off his, I like can't even talk about normal things. He's just like repeating yeah. all the different plays. Yeah, I want to hate him, but I can't. You know, because no. he's younger than me. He's the first NFL head coach that's younger than me. How old is he? Thirty-two years old. Thirty-two. Thirty-two years old. He's gonna be one of the all-time greats. This man is like I told you, Patrick Mahomes before the season was one of the best quarterbacks of all time, and I stand by that. Uh, this guy is going to be one of the great NFL coaches. And A for Sean McVay. Do you know who I have a C for this week? Who are you giving a C to? Do you know who I have a C for this week? Is the other GOAT, or you know, I guess the existing GOAT, okay. Bill Belichick. Ooh. I give a big fat C to Bill Belichick for the Pats choosing to take the ball, to receive the ball at the beginning of this past weekend's Jets-Patriots game instead of uh, – choosing to defer and to receive the ball at halftime, which, as everybody knows, is the classic Patriots move. Yeah. That's what they did. But Belichick got out of his own game plan. The Jaguars got into his head, and he decided to receive the ball first, which is a very un-Belichick-like thing to do that. They ended up losing that game. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, man, I think the Jaguars may actually have something. And I, I also agree. I also give a C to Tom Brady. And I'll tell you why. I did not know this, but apparently Tom Brady does not play as well in warm weather games. Did you have any idea about this? I didn't know that he had that. I didn't know that. He is now 0-2 in games over 90 degrees. Okay. okay. And now he is 7-9 and in Miami. And as Ooh. we all know, Miami has pretty shit teams, you know? Yeah, for sure. So either he has problems in warm weather or Giselle has taken him to, like, turtleneck fittings one too many times down on South Beach at all those hip fucking places. But I had no idea that was going on. 
But uh, there's a lot of interesting swirl around the Patriots right now. I love when there's swirl around the Patriots. What you, how they're saying that they have like a relationship expiration oh, yes. date between these two. Yes, Lori. Thank you for bringing that up. All is not well in the land of Bill Belichick. I it, think he's a cheater. You think he's a cheater? I do, but I just remember back with the Jets, all the shit he did. What did he do? Didn't he spy on them and look at their hand signals back in the day? Oh, he did more than that. Yeah. They would absolutely, and Roger Goodell destroyed the fucking tapes you want collusion there's your <laughs> there collusion he Those just are the tapes he destroyed i want the tapes baby <laughs> like tom arnold wants the tapes i want the new england tapes okay give us the tapes these guys were recording the other team's practices That's in the bullshit. week before the Super Bowl. The opposing team, I, I think it was the Philadelphia, they said those guys knew exactly what plays we were going to do and when. Okay? That's like the entire game. If you remember playing Tecmo Bowl, when you would play, get pick the defense and you would catch the other ones and you would just bum rush, it'd be the only way to beat Bo Jackson. Completely. You know what I mean? It's like they were Tecmo Bowl picking it the entire time. So whenever I see shit happen <laughs> yeah. around the Patriots, I'm so I like happy. It. I'm so I like, happy. like I feel like they're like the really hot guy in school where like, you know, like you see him and you're like, all right, I see it. I see it. But then when something bad happens, you're like, <laughs> oh, yeah, kind of yeah, like yeah, a little yeah, happy yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I just thought that about every dude who had a girlfriend <laughs> in high school. <laughs> I hated every single one of them. You're like, I want a girlfriend. <laughs> I don't even care. You know what I mean? But um, yeah. So Ian O'Connor, who is ESPN senior writer, has just comp- uh, or is getting ready to release Belichick, the greatest football coach of all time, which gives some very interesting tidbits into uh, into the dynamic of the relationship between Bill Belichick and his star quarterback Tom Brady. And a lot of this has been kind of inkling out for yeah. a little bit, and it's been kind of centered around Brady's trainer, but. Uh, but this is uh, this is from from the book, and it's attributed to somebody who's close to Brady, and it starts quote If you're married 18 years to a grouchy person who gets under your skin and never compliments you, this is Tom speaking about Bill. After a while, I love how I'm on first name basis. I know. After <laughs> Tom, Tom and Bill, after a while, you want to divorce him. A source with knowledge of the Brady Belichick relationship told O'Connor, uh, Tom knows Bill is the best coach in the league. Uh, but he's had enough of him. If Tom could, I think he would divorce him. I say go ahead. I want to see what the fuck Tom Brady can do without the greatest defensive coach in history. Yeah, I'd be curious too. You know, I want to see because I have a feeling it ain't all that much. You know, I think Tom Brady is a great quarterback, but let's get into that a little bit later. Um, In terms of uh, Brady and Belichick, I think Brady has kind of those same insecurities. The book says Brady had spent years worrying that Belichick would push him out of fear that started immediately after the Patriots drafted Jimmy Garoppolo, man, which is true, which is absolutely true. I feel like you got to keep a little fear underneath. I mean, like, as I, I think that's the best way to keep someone to work hard, right? Don't you think? Absolutely. And keep Belichick is notorious for never having favorites. He has cut players who you thought would stay Patriots forever you know, to the point that it's become part of his brand. Yeah. And nothing would be more on brand for Belichick than cutting or right. trading Brady, which I think, honestly, he would have done that if Brady hadn't obviously played at his yeah. level. But I think he's a year or two away from doing that anyways. Because if you if you, if you you kind of were reading the tea leaves of what was coming out there, Belichick did not want to trade 
Garoppolo. Mm-hmm. That was a move that Bob Kraft okayed and pushed through as a way to placate Tom Brady. Tom Brady behind the scenes was engineering for that to happen. Belichick was against it from the from the onset. I think he wanted to retire from New England in a couple years. And uh, from all reported sources, he saw Jimmy Garoppolo as his legacy yeah. in New England. Meaning that in 10 or 15 years from now, when Belichick was long gone, they would say, there's Jimmy Garoppolo, who the great Belichick yeah. kind of thing. So I think the two things that have caused a strain in the relationship are are uh, this this whole Garoppolo yeah. issue. Yeah. And then the weird cult trainer guy he has, Alex for Guerrero. For sure, for sure. You know, who's all into pliability. What the fuck does that even mean, pliability? What the hell does that mean? I think it's just a euphemism for steroids is what I think. You think he's getting injected? I, well, they don't inject anymore. What do they do now? Do oh, yeah. Ever I since, don't even know what no, the options are since, at this point. Ever since, Stick it up your ass. Ever but? since Barry Bonds got caught, he revealed to the world how I think Balco Industries developed it. I, I don't even know what it is now, but Barry Bonds, this was back in the day, would use what was called the cream and the clear. And this was HGH. Oh, yeah. Okay. So the cream, you literally just like massage into your buttocks, into your body, and that's HGH. And the clear, which was either tongue drops or eye drops. It was eye drops. And that's how these motherfuckers would do it. And this was Whoa. like whenever Barry Bonds was around. Okay, so there's got to be something real advanced So the now shit that, that the, like that. that whole anabolic steroids East German swim team with the mustache yeah. and the unibrows. The you know, that mustache. <laughs> if you're into that look, you know what I mean? <laughs> Which who isn't? That's yeah, exactly. Top look. Basically, every, uh, every woman on the East German <laughs> swim team looked like Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> <laughs> For most of the 80s, you Definitely know what I mean? Their with bigger, with bigger pecs, actually. But, um, but yeah, and uh, and just in terms of kind of like how juicy it gets, this is my favorite fucking quote of the whole thing because I've been saying it for years, and to just hear it attributed within the Patriots organization and their coaching staff is just so sweet. Uh, this is from an assistant coach. He said to O'Connor, "If you gave us." Any of the top 15 quarterbacks in the NFL, we could win championships. I don't think the coaches here view Tom as special as everyone else in football does. Boom! Mic drop! That is a huge mic drop right there. I love anonymous sources. (laughs) Fuck Donald Trump. Anonymous sources are the best. How else could we get a hot and juicy quote like that? I've been saying that shit for fucking years. He's the greatest system quarterback of all time. I agree with that. Or maybe even not that. But in terms of being able to drop him somewhere and just do it, guys like Peyton Manning and Aaron Rodgers, you put them on yeah. any team in the league, they are an offensive system. It does not matter who the coaches are. Do you know how many bums Peyton has took to the Super Bowl? How many bums? Are you kidding me? John Fox, Gary Kubiak, Jim Caldwell. How many friggin' bums? And then how many bum players he's gotten paid for their kids through college? Like if Peyton Manning and Aaron Rodgers had Bill Belichick, they would have be like my, uh, LeBron in South Beach. Not one, not two, yeah. not three, not four, not five, not six, not seven. And the re- another reason that backs that up, that is an absolute system. They play in a system there, mm-hmm. okay? There is a system there, much like Joe Montana played in a system there, okay? Joe Montana played within the great uh, the great Bill Walsh's West Coast offense, pioneering West Coast offense. What the great Bill Walsh said about Joe Montana, the great Joe Montana, who I was, I was obsessed with growing up, uh, he said, we could have done the same things with Phil Simms in our system. You know what I mean? God. 
So these guys, they need systems. Whereas guys yeah. like Peyton Manning are fucking Keanu Reeves. They are the goddamn Matrix, you know? They are. So you feel yeah. like like if Tom was playing... For who? For Green Bay, you think that that first game he wouldn't have been able to come back from? Yeah. Oh, if Tom was playing... No, he would not have come back from that. No. no. That's because, you know, I don't know. Maybe the pliability would have allowed yeah. him to come back. That pliability, That though. pliability. But, you know, I think he's in a perfect situation. The rules of football have changed. Mm -hmm. You know, quarterbacks aren't getting hit anymore. Tom Brady can play till he's 45. He's going to get all the accolades. He's going to retire with every single record. And he's probably going to get another Super Bowl about it. The Do guy you feel will like finish him? Like, rings. he's going to want to retire but with he's the not Patriots, the greatest. right? No, I mean, yeah. You're right. But he has had the greatest career. So what can you, what can got, you say? But I would take, sure. I, if I had the universe on the line, <laughs> if it was matter versus dark matter, God versus Satan, okay? And I was picking my own fucking shit. Yeah. I would have Peyton Manning out there without a goddamn doubt, without a fucking doubt in my mind, man, over, over Tom Brady. In a cult uniform. Yeah. But uh, it gets even juicier, okay? Uh, remember when the whole Deflategate thing happened? Oh, yes. And the presser, Belichick kind of threw him under the bus. Oh, completely. He was like, oh, you have to ask the quarterback. You have to ask the quarterback. Well, it turns out uh, I wasn't the only one doubting uh, the veracity of Tom Brady's claims. Belichick was also. Uh, according to Ian O'Connor, Belichick was having serious doubts about Brady's claim that he wasn't involved in deflating footballs and Brady's belief. And also, similarly, which is... Just so great. Brady's belief that the Patriots had been responsible for all sorts of illegal, illicit shenanigans, including Spygate. Can you believe that? So even they believe it. There's like so much, these guys are basically like the Jackson Five, <laughs> like oh, a year before they broke up. Like there's more drama here than the first two seasons of Laguna Beach. Oh, for sure. They turned into Kristen and Elsie. Uh, Remember yes. Kristen and Elsie? Yes, that was some big drama. Interesting, you know, the Real Housewives kind of drama. Everyone talks about the race between uh, greatest of all time between Brady and Manning. How it started with Brady and then Manning went up and then Brady and then Manning was for a little bit and now maybe Brady's taking the leapfrog again. Mm -hmm. Yo, same thing with Elsie and Kristen Cavallari. <laughs> now that I think about it, right? Because when Laguna Beach started out, it was totally, it was Kristen Cavallari's show. Yeah. That was her show. She kind of took the, because it was supposed star. to be Elsie, but she and took it. She took it. And it was supposed to be, but then Elsie came back. She was like, no. With the hills. And she was like, listen here, bitch. Now I'm the star. You know I'm what I mean? I'm the star. And Elsie ran away with that shit with the hills. You know, Kristen Cavallari wasn't even anywhere to be seen. Even Heidi was more famous Completely. than Kristen, Kristen Cavallari. Right? Kristen was just going and living life. She was just living life, you know? And then somehow... She hooked up with Jay Cutler, who is a far better on reality television than he was as a quarterback. So much better, right? I've never seen a guy with more talent who is just more apathetic. Jay Cutler had every damn tool in the book. He can make 95% of the throws Patrick Mahomes can make. You know what I mean? You know how yeah. much I love Mahomes. But, like, he just didn't give a shit. You know what I mean? No shit's given. But he gives a shit about reality television because he's good at it. So then he shacked up with her. And now Kristen... It's so much more famous than Elsie. I don't, I don't even know even where Elsie. Where, where is Elsie? What is she doing? Where is she living? Elsie, what are you doing? Anyway. She's somewhere in a hill. Anyways, I'm so ashamed that I know all of that, but I do. And then, uh, and then of course, um, there was the drama involving Alex Guerrero, the trainer Brady uses, and who Belichick hates. You know what I mean? So this is going to be very interesting. I just love it. You love the drama. I love it. 
because that assistant coach is right, and so is Brady, and so is Belichick. They're all right, and they're a bunch of fucking cheaters. <laughs> they are cheaters. They're all cheaters. But a C to both of you, Belichick, for uh, not receiving at the beginning, and Tom Brady for being a sweaty little bitch. Okay. A sweaty little bitch. He can't play in hot weather games. You know what I mean? He just can't do it. He can't perspirate he can't, like that. He can't do it's it. It's too pretty to he do He needs that. his balls to get cold and shrivel up inside of his body. Okay, moving on from Tom Shriveling Brady's deflated play. balls. I'm giving a big D to the Lions. <laughs> Why, you ask? Good. I was going to tell you. Because just to follow up on the previous point, you do not – they're 0-2. They hired Matt Patricia. Sean Joshi's rule of life, number 762, okay? You do not hire any New England defensive coaches. You don't do it. They're all bums, okay? Just like every offensive or head coach under Peyton was a bum – they didn't do anything. <laughs> New England defensive coaches are bums. They don't do anything, man. They don't do any. They're basically just like extras, you know? Yeah. They're just like extras. Uh, Bill Belichick <laughs> is the greatest defensive coach of all time. Do you think those motherfuckers are getting anywhere near, you know, the play calls on that or the defensive game plan or the strategizing or the planning? You know, when you have the greatest of all time, you don't need that much under him. You know, yeah. so that's why every single New England defensive coach has washed out at any level that they've been on because it's Belichick. Don't hire them. He needs offensive coaches, which is why he shit a fucking brick when Josh McDaniels almost left the season and they had to call and pull Blake Griffin and lock him in the New England facility and all promised to offer him some vague head coaching position, some vague head coaching vague. position in, in the future. So again, Sean Joshi's life rule number 7062, do not hire any New England defensive coaches, okay? But I give an A to the great Andy Reid. Why is that? Who I think is one of the most underrated coaches of all time. I've given Andy Reid a lot of shit. A yeah. lot of shit. A lot of shit. I think maybe at one point I called him the worst coach in the NFL. <laughs> what made you flip? I'll tell you what made me flip. I didn't know what I was talking about. No. I did not know what I was talking about. And I was like really thinking about it because I think Patrick Mahomes, I still don't know how you say his name. You're t you're asking a dyslexic at this point. <laughs> I realize I shouldn't <laughs> lead on you for pronunciations or reading. You the news. shouldn't. You shouldn't. Yeah, but I think Patrick Mahomes is the closest thing we can get to like a quarterback version of Mike Tyson. It's like that. Sa they have the same soul. There's a violent speed to their throws and the pace of the yeah. offense that's just brutal. And it jumps out on tape how quick it is, how fast his arm is. You know what I mean? But this guy's a fucking star. He's a stud. You know. Um, NFL ratings are down, and I think one of the big untalked about reasons for that, we talked about it last week, is you lost your biggest star. Peyton Manning was headlining seven or eight games, mm -hmm. which were the highest-rated games of the season. You need stars to replace that, just like The Walking Dead is going to be shit when Rick Grimes leaves. I mean, no one even watches it now. No. What is The Walking Dead? I'm so point? sad. about. I used to love that show. You know what I mean? It bugs me, like, so much that that happens. I feel like you made a good point last time about another reason you thought that the NFL numbers were down. What was that? You were comparing it, saying that like the NFL won't let people share videos, put any videos up. Yeah, yeah. Versus yeah, yeah. like the NBA. Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely, for sure. That and I could have just I could have fixed Walking Dead so easily. <laughs> yeah, I could. There's two things I want to fix in my life. Okay. All right, let's. The hear. first one is the Star Wars franchise. You guys are just ass fucking that to death. Just every wrong decision you're making. The second one, starting with. The Phantom Menace. And no, not because they hired minorities and women, okay? That's fine. Just because they <laughs> fucked everything else up, okay? Number two, 
Um, what was the second thing I was gonna? Fix? You're gonna say probably. I was so NFL. mad about Star Wars. Was it, were you gonna say oh, Walking, oh, Walking Dead. Dead? It was oh, gonna be okay. Walking Dead. Walking Dead. Yeah. Okay. Here's how you sh- they should have fixed Walking Dead. When you introduce Negan, it's great Negan. He should be one of the great villains of all time that TV has ever seen. They didn't give him anybody to kill. They had that first episode <laughs> killing people. He should be bashing motherfuckers' heads in every single episode. Like you know, in the WWE, how they had jobbers. Yeah. Those like they just throw them out and they just like and, Go in, crazy. and in Star Trek. Like I've only seen three episodes of Star Trek, the original one. Yeah. Uh, you know, in fourth grade, our teacher made us watch it. But it was interesting. They would have with Kirk, the guys would beam down to the planet. And you'd never seen these fuckers before. <laughs> you know what I mean? And they would never survive to get beamed back up. You know all those guys in the town behind Rick? You have no idea who they are? Fucking Negan should have been bashing at least three or four of those motherfuckers every single episode. More deaths. Yes. More Anyways, deaths. Andy Reid. <laughs> Andy Reid. Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. This is the first time Patrick Andy Reid has had a quarterback that is perfect for his system, okay? Like, even if you go back to Donovan McNabb, you know, those great days with Donovan McNabb and Michael Vick and then Alex Smith, he's never had a quarterback that entirely fit his system. And the reason that his system is so important is because it is one of the great offensive systems in history, uh, actually. And if you want to – if you, I think, you know, if the difference between Andy Reid – see, I'm – have to make sure I get this out the right way because I'm not even believing I'm saying it. But I don't think there's as much difference between Andy Reid and Bill Belichick as people think, okay? And I'll give you something to back that up. I want you to look at the coaching tree between uh, Bill Belichick and Andy Reid, okay? Here's Andy Reid's coaching tree. And when I mean coaching tree, these are the coaches who have developed – and gone on to have an impact in the NFL and who started under Andy Reid, who were under his tutelage, okay? just these, these are just a few of the names. John Harbaugh, Ron Rivera, Steve Spagnola, Todd Bowles, Doug Peterson, Super Bowl winning Doug Peterson, Sean McDermott, Matt Nagy, Brad Childress, Leslie Frazier, Pat Shermer. Uh, these are some guys who have had serious success and who have co- coached a lot of teams in the NFL and who, ha- who are known to have great success. People want to hire people from Andy Reid's coaching trees, just like people want to hire people from the Warriors organization and the Spurs organization. Then you look at Bill Belichick's coaching tree, Eric Mangini, Romeo Cronell, Charlie Weiss, Greg Schiano. You know what I mean? These are some of the greatest bums to ever watch a, walk a sideline in NFL history, and they all come from Bill Belichick. So when you have somebody who's so great, yeah, uh, it kind of um, it provides cover for people beneath them who may have bigger and greater flaws. And I think where that comes out a lot, you can see that in organizations. Mm-hmm. This is how you see it manifest organizationally, but it happens on the football field too. You see it manifest on the football field. And two examples to bring them up again, it is both the greatness and the weakness of Aaron Rodgers and Peyton Manning that they are so great. And I'll explain why I mean that. Aaron Rodgers covers up so many flaws for his team. 100%. That his teams, when they make the playoffs and they're in the second or third round of the playoffs, they have no business being there, right? So within those high pressure pack situations where every single facet of your game has to be strong and you can no longer hide, mm-hmm. 
that's when soft teams and teams that aren't as talented get exposed. It's true. And that's why the Green Bay Packers only have one championship under Aaron Rodgers, okay? Because he, he covers up for what is a great team. And that's really why Peyton Manning had so many problems in the playoffs as well. His teams weren't as good as him being there. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? So, but I think Andy Reid is absolutely phenomenal coach. This is the first time we've seen a proper quarterback that, you know, a star quarterback in his system who just has the tools to drive it. They're just going to be absolute fucking monsters. They got to get that defense going. But Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, the Mike Tyson. He killed it. Of, of, uh, of the, what league are we in? The NFL. Yes. Yeah, we're in the NFL. Yeah, I love Mike Tyson. You know what I mean? I wish there was more Mike Tyson. Um, but uh, this is my favorite Mike Tyson quote ever. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you a little bit story about it. All right, here's, here's my favorite Mike Tyson interview. Always confusion with Mike Tyson, who's standing by with Jim Gray. Jim? Yeah. Okay, thank you, Steve. Mike, was that your shortest fight ever? I bear witness there's only one God, and Muhammad blesses and peace be upon him as his prophet. I dedicate this fight to my brother, Darrell Baum, who died. I'll be there to see you. I love you with all my heart. All praise be to my children. I love you. Oh, oh God, oh, man, what? Is this your shortest fight ever? In any time, amateur, professional ever? Assalamu alaikum, Maida. Um, I don't know, man. Yeah, yeah, Lennox Lewis, Lennox, I'm coming for you. Mike, is it frustrating to train like you did and then have no, this? We should have Mike Tyson read the news. Uh, I think he would do a fantastic job. Two weeks or three weeks for this fight. I had to bury my best friend, and I dedicated this fight. I wasn't going to fight. I dedicated this fight to him. I was going to rip his heart out. I'm the best ever. I'm the most brutal and vicious and most ruthless champion there's ever been. There's no one can stop me. Lynx is a conqueror. No, I'm Alexander. He's no Alexander. I'm the best ever. There's never been anybody as ruthless. I'm Sonny Liston. I'm Jack Dempsey. There's no one like me. I'm from Nairclaw. There's no one that can match me. My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. And I'm just ferocious. I want your heart. I want to eat his children. Praise be to Allah. Are you saying now, Mike, that Mike... I he's like it. he doesn't even know I what to he's like wait that. what there's so many things that you just I said i want to eat your children <laughs> my offense is so i i was walking in santa monica this guy had a quote of it on his shirt Stop. yeah on his back of his shirt it said uh my offense is impeccable my defense <laughs> is impregnable duh, 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 duh. i want to eat your children eat your heart out it had that whole thing do you know the one line it was missing what praise be to allah <laughs> that was that was the offensive line you know what I mean? Eat your, eat your children. Keep eat your children. That's fine. I want to eat his heart out. Sure. I want to eat <laughs> on his children like they're a buffet at Olive Garden. But praise be to Allah, that would be a step too far. You oh know what I mean? Oh, my God. I like whenever he was getting interviewed by that chick and he was like, all I want to do is sleep with you. I can't even <laughs> listen to you talk. Right? She was like, what? Right? It was, like, it, was like, it was like the Harvey Weinstein. It was yes. like Harvey Weinstein in real life. Completely. Yeah, and he raises pigeons. He but loves know, pigeons. He like ripped a pigeon's head off once. Yeah, it's no, no. That's actually how he's the first fight he ever got into. Uh, somebody killed one of his yeah. pigeons, and then he just beat the motherfucker to he death. He lost his mind. <laughs> he he lost had this it. soft spot for these pigeons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has gone through a lot. Maybe we'll do a, a Mike Tyson retrospective one of these days. But his his career and his life has taken many different interesting Is he turns. He's the one that and bit the ear off too. He bit the ear off. Yeah. Now he has like a. A variety show in Vegas. I would go and see that. Which is like a lot of old boxers actually have that 
happen really? to Really? Yeah, 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 they do. But speaking about boxing, let's get into our news. Yeah. Tommy, are you there with the news? Hey, hey, hey. Tommy is back. Hi, Tommy. Give it. Let's give a round of applause to Shithead Tommy. Tommy is back. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. Good to be back. What's up? So I realized last week it may not be the best idea to have a dyslexic <laughs> person. I'm talking about Lori Read the News. Uh, right? You know, not the best. <laughs> <laughs> but we have Tommy back who can barely read as well. But that's not because he has any kind of learning disability. He's just, you know, he just can't read. What's that word when people can't read? Dumb. Idiot. <laughs> yes. All three of those. You're like, illiterate? Illiterate. Thank that, you. That, that is the illiterate. official word. Look, illiterate. you're such a smart, illiterate person to actually know the word illiterate. Thank that you. Love thank amazing. You. Tommy, what do you have for us in the news this week? Well, let's get into it. Canelo Alvarez put an end to Gennady Golovkin's historic middleweight title reign on Saturday in a majority decision victory at the T-Mobile Arena. Yes. Um, I'm so fucking angry about this. I love boxing. You know, I've covered boxing. I've done some boxing. It's it's one of those sports uh, that tells, in a lot of ways, tells the history of America along with baseball. And in a lot of ways, they've uh, gone away for some of the same reasons. But one reason that boxing is so frustrating is you can't trust, trust the judges. Yeah. It's like a fucking kangaroo court. It's ridiculous. The first match was ridiculous. Golovkin won that shit going away. There's no way. There's no way, no way, no way, no way Alvarez had any business winning that fight. This one was a little bit closer. They had the cards 115, 115, 115, 13, 115, 13, and 114, all giving a majority decision um, to Alvarez. And uh, Golovkin did take too long in getting the fight going. And this one was closer, but I think it was pretty clear that Golovkin actually won this. And, you know, when you get into issues of boxing, like, there's a, so much shady shit. Like, the promoters choose the judges and shit. Yeah, which I think is a red flag. That is so fucked up. You know, it's it'd be like, it's like Trump getting to cho choose his Supreme Court pick for the guy who doesn't think <laughs> that, you know, the president can be subpoenaed. The guy is on... During Ken Starr's investigation, he thinks everything president can be subpoenaed, indicted, the whole fucking deal. What changed, Brett Kavanaugh? Uh, he doesn't even Did know. somebody corner you at a party and lock you in a room? Did something happen, Brett Kavanaugh? I don't know. Yeah, mushroom but, stand. But, you know, so you have the promoters uh, choosing the judges. And not only that, you have this whole home turf thing is so annoying. You know, when you have to beat a boxer on their home turf, meaning nationality, you, it becomes such a harder deal. You have to win by uh, a more convincing margin. So I think also because Canelo is here and he has the great support of his Mexican fans, and Golovkin is from Kazakhstan, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, he's just so much easier to fuck over, and that's what they've done. Yeah. You know, like, Golovkin has to fucking knock him out to win. I think Golovkin has won both of these fights, but somehow now he's 0-2, you know? And I support the great Kazakh people. see all I want from you is your tears. <laughs> Please give them to me or I will take them. <laughs> I just want your tears, I'm gypsy. gypsy. I'm That's exactly what a gypsy would say. Completely. Yeah, you know what I mean? So, I don't know. It's bullshit and I'm very angry about it. But, yeah. Do you still watch boxing anymore? I watch a little bit of it, but not much. What, the UFC, right? I like UFC a little bit better. Uh, you see, you like to watch the greasy men hugging in I their know, underwear, right? I know, It's right? great. God, I think it's so boring, but people love it, man. People live for it. People, I just give me a good boxing match. But there's a lot of people that back out of them at the last minute. They have some big fights 
for UFC that people just back out at the last minute. Oh, really? Kind of screws them over. Oh, is, is that because UFC fighters are pussies? That's <laughs> right. No, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> Tommy, what's the next story? Jimmy Butler. Minnesota Timberwolves guard Jimmy Butler is requesting a trade, and his three preferred destinations are the Brooklyn Nets, L.A. Clippers, and the New York Knicks, league sources told ESPN on Wednesday. Basketball is a month away, by the way. Those are the three worst destinations to want to go to. Who the hell wants to go to the Brooklyn Nets the Cl- and the New York Knicks? Like, I just don't. I don't understand this at all. I don't know what's going on in Minnesota, what's going on with Tom Thibodeau. I think people just hate playing for Tom Thibodeau. I think he's just one of those coaches that's just like way too much in people's fucking faces. He wants to do stuff way too old school. And NBA, the league doesn't run like that anymore. It's just not that kind of league, you know? Yeah. And and apparently Jimmy Butler has some kind of homicidal thing towards younger players because the same thing happened in Chicago. Everybody fucking hated him there. Really? They all hated him. He's not very likable. He's not very likable, apparently. I don't know. I don't know what that's about. So we'll see. He wants to go to Brooklyn, the Clippers or the Knicks, which is dumb. I have a feeling he's going to end up on the Lakers somehow. You think he's going to get on the Lakers? He's going to be right there? Yeah, but what's even more fucked up is we are one month away from NBA opening tip. What? So crazy. One month? Let me take a fucking break, bro. Let me take a break, man. I'm not ready no for breaks. NBA to start. I'm not ready for it to start. I love the NBA. It's my favorite. Like That's I, your favorite? Oh, it's my favorite. I watch like November, December NBA like people watch like the NFL playoffs. Like, <laughs> from day one. That's so funny. From day one. Like the only expenses I have in my life are like, you know, eating out. Yeah. Booze and the NBA direct pass. Where is your like go-to place to watch the NBA? Like if my you go house, to the bar, my you couch. have to be in your house. That's why I get the league pass. Do so you I can like watch scream? In my house. Are you someone that like screams you at the TV and loses your you mind? You can't watch the NBA anywhere because the people <laughs> who schedule games on TNT schedule the worst fucking games. The worst. Ga- I don't want to watch Hawks Mavericks. Like, why the fuck is this on television right I'll now? I'll watch that. You know what I mean? It's terrible. So the one place uh, that actually has league pass in L.A., well, the shittiest sports bar city in terms of big cities, Sycamore it's Tavern. True. Oh, okay. Which is a shitty bar, too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I love shitty bars. I have an affinity for shitty bars. They have a bars. good IPA there. Do they have a good mm-hmm. IPA? They also have a very nice cider there. They have really? a nice cider. Okay, maybe Sycamore isn't as shitty, but I don't want to yeah. know what's going on in the back of the kitchen. I don't oh, I don't, I don't want to know that anywhere, to be honest with yeah. you. Yeah, I think Sycamore Tavern is... Uh, is leading the pound for pound fruit fly index in terms of like, why do some bars have all the fruit flies in the fucking world, bro? Because their employees don't clean it properly. It's gross, man. It's so gross. Like my dad, he always has a trick for fruit flies. What you do? And this is a tip for you listeners. You just have a wine bottle or a glass of wine and you occlude the top of it, Uh like with a piece of paper or something like that. So that, they can fly in, yeah. but they won't be able to fly out. Ooh. It's the wine trap. Trap them. Yeah, it's a, it's a Sean Joshi life tip number 7063. This is how you type, uh, trap fruit flies. Okay, Tommy, what do we got next? Next up is Whiskey. The mixed martial artist Conor McGregor announced the release of his new proper number 12 Irish whiskey, an alcohol that, according to the press release, might have been a bit more than the notorious athlete anticipated. I think he should be worried about this Khabib guy is who he should be worried about. Oh, for sure. That dude looks scary as hell, man. 
You know what I mean? He's ready for him, too. Yeah, and Khabib, that's a fucking hardcore name. I think it was one of the guys in Jack Ryan I saw. <laughs> I was watching that Jack Ryan all weekend. I love that. that I can't even take him seriously. I'm Jim? sorry. I can't. I love Jim, man. I feel like he just, I picture him in the office, and that's the only he place he should the first, be. He spends, <laughs> I can't. he spends the first four episodes in an office. Which makes sense. Like, he's just sitting His in an office. His photoshopped on that poster. Like, it just doesn't look it right pro- to me. It probably me. is photoshopped. I mean, everything's photoshopped. I really like Jim, though. He has a very uh, earnest quality. Uh, here are my two guys who are going to be stars. Well, they're already stars, but I mean in the terms of the history, the annals of Americana. Yes, yes. Number one is my Negro Don Draper, the great John Hamm. Okay? <laughs> John Hamm is an amazing man. I agree with you on that. He should be the two roles that he should have. Sorry. Two roles should be uh, Bruce Wayne. He's angling for the new Batman, which I think, I think he, would he would be, be great. great. They should just let me make it so it doesn't get fucked up, though. I know. You know well, I mean? Get on that. Get yeah, on that. I should get it. Matt Reeves, call me. Okay. <laughs> so is, you know, the Batman, which he would be such a he perfect. He would be you gotta so make it, like, amazing. dark and broody. Oh, he would Don Draper is Bruce Wayne, kind he, of. Completely. I, I agree. Yeah, like a combination of Batman and Bruce Wayne. He's got, like, a dark quality, but he also has, yes. like, a little bit of, like. Yeah. There's a sprinkle of fun in him. And there's, like, he's got that classic movie star thing mm-hmm. where, like, guys want to be him and chicks want to be with yes, him. Yes, and he's got a huge That's dick. And there you go. He's got a huge penis. Another He's got reason. A big old dick. Another reason he would make a fantastic Batman. Yeah, because Batman's probably has the biggest dick out of all. He of probably the does have the, either the biggest or could be the smallest. You know you what think, I mean? Or like Superman has the smallest. We all know. Oh uh, yeah, I feel like he does. It's like Cyclops has the smallest, and then Superman's got to be like number two. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I feel yeah. like the Hulk has a small. How one do you too. know? How do you know John Hamm has a? Uh, because they they saw him outside. Paparazzi got a picture of him in some sweatpants, and his dick was like. Was he like chubbed massive. up? Like, I, like, I don't know, but he's got a fat dick. That's what our, that's what Asian kids used to do in college. They would go <laughs> to the strip club and they would wear sweatpants and like basketball shorts. And I was like, interesting. No wonder you guys get such good grades. Do you remember but the like, d- dick swing? What's you remember those videos swing? that were coming out for a while? It was like a hashtag. I think it was like eggplant day or whatever. No. And people would do like the dick slang. They would like be in their sweatpants, like doing the helicopter. <laughs> and then they thing. banned the hashtag. That was a thing. <laughs> yes. Wow. John Hamm would have killed the he dick would swing. Have, I mean, it would have hit him in the face. Yes. It would have hit him in his own face. His <laughs> own face. Because he's the Batman. Gotham needs him. And the second one, I think he would make a great uh, late life Jack Kerouac. I think that would be such a great biopic biopic yeah you know biopic, what I mean? yeah also let me make that francis ford coppola don't fuck it up okay um i think he would be so good in those two roles and then jim yes i think jim is gonna be our next uh captain america god i just what do you have against jim? i don't know i need to I, maybe i need to see him in that role and see yeah. him in a different spot. But, Jim like, I just Watch picture him. Watch A Quiet him. Place. A Quiet Place, I think, will help to okay. erase some of your... The movie doesn't make that any stigma. fucking sense. Is that the one where, like, the chick's side? I mean, I don't know how big John Krasinski's dick is, but, you know, yes, yes, that's that one. That is that one. <laughs> that is that one. But, um, yeah. I think um, Jim has a small penis. You think Jim has a small penis? I think it's, like, maybe average. I think Do you that think Con- he's... Conor McGregor has a small penis? Um, I, I think it does. I think... He, I think he's like a he's a grower. I don't think he's a shower. I, I feel like you grower. can't have like a big dick and be like bouncing around like yeah, 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 fighting yeah. like that. But I could be so wrong. But right, right, I think right. he's a grower. You think he's a grower? I'm gonna go with grower as well. I wish there was a he way to find into that out. He came into my bar once really? after a fight, and he had like a group. They made us stay open late, and I was so annoyed. 
And so they put him into a different bar, but his friends came right. earlier before he got there. They and they like, ordered a shit ton of shots and then refused to pay for any of them. Shut the I fuck was like, up. you guys are so rich. Didn't even tip us. And I was like, yeah. go fuck yourself. Yeah, yeah, that's terrible. I'm sure he was nice. I bet I bet Colin was nice on the other side, but his friends were trash. Yeah. Well, those USC guys don't actually make a lot of money, especially uh, in context when you compare it to what boxers make. And, you know, USC is so, like – Weird to me in the sense, like, you know, I'm saying he needs to worry about this Khabib guy. Mm -hmm. Like, what happens if Conor McGregor just gets knocked the fuck out? Like, these UFC people, they don't have a lot of shelf life uh -uh. as far as fame is concerned and as far as their career is concerned. But, yes, also as far as fame is concerned. Like, look at Ronda Rousey. Do you remember the stigma? of ronda rousey before she got knocked the fuck out oh my god invincible she was a queen i mean a she's queen. still a queen but it's not the same i know level. well you fall well you just fall from i mean anybody's gonna fall from grace when you get up that high eventually you're gonna get hit yeah yeah when but when you when it becomes viral about you taking a reverse yeah. heel kick and then flopping like you that know, picture too there's only oh so god. much you can do you got that eli face all over it just like destroyed her allure yeah you know? so conor mcgregor those UFC guys, you know, they never have undefeated records for a long time. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So they can't create these great storylines and long-lasting yeah. things. Everybody loses. They don't have that long of a shelf life. So they really got to milk it when they get to it. So I just hope McGregor wins because he's the most interesting part of UFC to me, and I would like to see uh, that train keep unrolling. And I believe he's coming down in weight in this fight. And I know a lot about boxing. I yeah. don't know a lot about UFC. And what I know for sure about boxing is, it is a lot harder to go down in weight than to go up in weight. Yeah. You can fight your way up, just like the great Roy Jones Jr. did in winning a heavyweight championship belt from a middleweight. Love you, Roy Jones. But to come down, just like Roy, when he got knocked out by Antonio Tarver, you lose. It saps you of your strength, yeah. of your quickness, of your dexterity. Your energy so, is low. So let's go. I hope, I, hope, I hope McGregor makes it. All right. Moving on to the next story. All right, a little bit more dick talk. We're talking <laughs> Trump penis. Yes. Aww. Well, we can't say we weren't warned. In April, Stormy Daniels attorney Michael Avenatti revealed that the adult film star could, quote, describe the president's genitalia in great detail. Now, in her full new book, Full Disclosure, Daniels apparently does a vivid explanation of Donald Trump's penis after all, much to the world's chagrin. She describes Trump's penis as smaller than average, but not freakishly small. Yeah, I just want a lady to describe me <laughs> like that sometimes. You know, he's like smaller than average. He's not like freakishly small, but I don't think anybody is surprised by this. Not even not even the slightest bit. Like, Have you seen his hands? Like, I mean, you just assume. <laughs> oh, by the way, this is so – I'm so glad that you said that. So I've gone to two wax museums in my life, and it's both with people visiting from India. Uh -huh. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it's, it's something, like, interesting to them That's that like they want to go. That's like your go-to place that you take see it. people no, to. No, they want to go see it. They're like, we want to go to the wax museum. I'm like, okay, I like, guess I'll right. take you. So I went – I went uh, – my dad's friends were in town. I took them over there. And uh, they have, like, the hand portraits on the one on Hollywood Boulevard, the yeah. Mount Tussauds. They have Donald Trump's actual hand imprints there. And I know, like, there was, like, during the election, people were saying, no, it's this. These are the length. No, this is the length. They actually have it in fucking cast uh, at the Mountain Tussauds, and his hands are small, small. as shit. I Let me see. Put up your hands. Than, I think they're smaller than mine, your for sure. Your hands are... You I have big really hands. Big hand. mine are I have big hands. I'm... 
Yo, yeah, yours are definitely big. They're so yeah. fucking tiny. But let's say if you had to guess which Nintendo character Trump's penis was shaped like, according to Stormy Daniels, what would your guess be? Uh, Toad or Yoshi, something like that, right? <laughs> Explain the Yoshi one. I don't know. Yeah. I just feel like he would have like I feel like he wouldn't have. He would either have like that mushroom top or he would have like no mushroom top like Yoshi's head. You know what I mean? <laughs> just a straight one. Just like a straight the, one. It just goes straight. Did you know that the head of a penis why it's there is why? to extract like cum from a previous person. So the bigger your head like the more like in society and in our whatever. Shut the fuck up. You would up. be is able to real? like Yes, I is learned it in school. So the bigger the head it's just, there's all kinds of weird um, evolutionary shit about yeah. sex that once you get into is actually really weird. Like, do you know why they say a woman moans during sex? Why? It's to attract other males in the area. Oh, to in- that makes sense. To increase her chances of uh, to finding another pregnant. person. To, and you know, and if here's the thinking, you know, to increase her chance of strong pregnancy. So she's moaning, and all these dudes are injecting into the cave woman the strongest sperm of those twelve cavemen is going to make it, thereby producing a super, a super. They, so like they're all hanging out, and then they just start hearing moaning. Everybody just runs yes. to the cave. Yes, humans evolved in gangbangs is what I'm trying to <laughs> I believe it. Yeah, I believe that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But you know, like like concealed ovulation and all of that stuff too. What's concealed ovulation? Concealed ovulation. So like if you look at like a bamboo, their butts get really red when they're ovulating. And so a baboon, not a bamboo. Oh my God. (laughs) I was like, wow. I I honestly said that. And then all of a sudden I was like, fuck. (laughs) So then what happened? Too deep. Yeah. But like for women, they say that you have concealed ovulation to keep your mate with you because they have the longest young with you. So you have like your young for a year. So to like, be able to keep your man around. Yeah. You have to kind of have concealed ovulation because like they never you're know pregnant, when. But you don't know? No, concealed ov- Like ovulating is like when it's opera time for you to get pregnant. Right, and right. And so right. they don't know. So they stick around all the time because they never know when it's, it's the right happen. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so crazy. We yeah. learned so it, much on this But podcast. even women, though, <laughs> women, though, supposedly like do look prettier when they're ovulating. Yo, I believe, but can, it's it's harder to get pregnant when you're ovulating. ovulating no, right? yes, but that's when that's when the perfect time is is when you're ovulating. Shit, when those eggs drop, they're ready to go. <laughs> really? Yeah. That's so interesting. There's so much we don't know about human history. We're, really, we only know human history starting ten thousand years ago when the ice age started. Yeah. But previous to the uh, the hundred and ninety thousand years of human history, we know absolutely jack fucking shit. And bro. who knows if like they were lying? We don't remember. People lie. Yeah. Yeah, we were just a species with amnesia. But uh, Donald Trump's penis. Back to back to more important things. This is what Stormy Daniels says. He knows he has an unusual penis. Daniels writes, "It has a huge mushroom head like a toadstool." She goes on to say, "I lay there, annoyed that I was getting fucked by a guy with yeti pubes and a dick like the mushroom character in Mario Kart." It may have been the least impressive sex I've ever had, but clearly he didn't share that opinion. Amazing. Plus, I love how can can Toad still, can Toad get a little bit of respect? He's just the mushroom character from Mario Kart. Can we get him by name? He's motherfucking Toad, the guy I pick whenever I play Mario Kart. I'm never I'm picking the him greatest. Again. I'm issuing a challenge right now. I'm the greatest Mario Kart player that I know. Really? So if you think you can beat me at Mario Mario Kart 64, the original yeah, pure shit, yeah. like uncut hair on shit, come and get at me. All What's right? your favorite level? All of them. All of them. I just dominate, and I want to take away my opponent's well to play. 
Just which is what Colts down. rookie guard Quentin Nelson said <laughs> during the combine, and I immediately knew I love that motherfucker. Like, he goes, I, I, I just want to dominate and take away my opponent's will to play. That's the same way. That's the same way I feel. But yeah, Donald Trump's weird dick is shaped like Toad from Mush- from Mario Kart. And I just think that's where we are. We know what the president's dick is like. It's like, ah, oh, He's been it. talking about his dick this whole time, though. It's so ridiculous. The simulation is broken. But Now, uh, anytime he talks, I'm just going to be like, <laughs> mushroom toe dick, dick. Toad dick. But um, uh, something other interesting Nintendo-related that I did not know. Uh, did you ever play the game Duck Hunt? Yes. Growing up? So Seth Rogen uh, tweeted out on my mom's birthday, happy birthday, mama, on the 17th, that uh, here's his tweets. Hot tip. That's 25 years late, but I didn't have Twitter back then. In Duck Hunt on Nintendo, the second player controller controlled the duck. Yes. Oh, wow. Me and my sister found this out because I sat on the controller by accident and the duck kept flying to the top right corner. Did you know that? I had no idea. Tommy, did you ever play Duck Hunt? Uh, yeah, briefly. Didn't do two-player. There, nobody even knew that existed. I didn't know that. No, I, didn't. I didn't even know that was an option. Do you know how much we would fight over the fucking gun and duck hunt? Oh, my God. We, didn't, we were two assholes. Didn't know the other controller yeah, did anything. Controller did, you just thought it was just there. We just thought it was there. You know what the other controller was for? When your annoying little brother or little cousin wanted sure. to play, you hand them an unplugged controller. <laughs> yeah, and then they And think. they just sit there off the world uh, not even doing it. Little did you know that they were actually doing a lot of things. Yeah, fucking babies. Little, 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 <laughs> no, they were actually doing it. Dumbass babies. Okay. And uh, how many more stories do we have, Tommy? Is that One the... last story. One last oh, story. Eminem. Eminem's shady. machine gun Kelly disc, Killshot, has officially broken the YouTube record for biggest 24-hour debut for a hip-hop video in the site's history. According to chart data, the video received 38.1 million views in the first day after it was uploaded on September 14th. Shut the fuck up. Your fans you don't kill that. Right. I wonder what I think about Eminem's music. Rihanna just hit me His on a text. Darker. Last night I left Tiki's on a neck. Wait, you just dissed me on perplexed. Like Insult me in a line, compliment me on the next. Damn, I'm really sorry you want me to have a heart attack. Was watching Eight Mile on my Nauta track. Like, I, I love that Eminem's like relevant and like this is happening. Yeah. You know? But I also liked when he was on drugs because he was so good. <laughs> He was so good. I feel dude. like that's kind of how it is with every artist. Why we is all kind of like him on drugs. Yeah, like Bill Hicks had that great line, like you guys are so worried about acid and pot. He's like, we would never have the fucking Beatles or the Rolling Stones or Jimi Hendrix or like any of that fucking shit. You know yeah, what like, I mean? I love Incubus, and once they got sober, it just was never the same. <laughs> Where's Incubus, dude? I miss them. I, I love them in Incubus. high school. Incubus was great. So Eminem did this thing where he just came out and he attacked everybody. But it was so smart from a marketing ploy yeah. because everybody started attacking him. Now Eminem is just like in the news everywhere. But you see this like – there's this kind of like interesting thing happening where it's like between, you know, let's say older millennials and, yeah. and younger millennials where you see the line here mm-hmm. where all the older millennials are like, oh, my God, Eminem yeah. is a god. Don't you see, you little fucks, what a real rapper is like? Da, 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 da. And all the young kids are like, Eminem is trash. Eminem is this. He's old. Yeah, man. I don't know. It's like sometimes when I listen to Eminem, I hear like 80s or 90s Bob Dylan. You can tell just the production is a little bit off. It's just not quite the way it should be. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I still love Eminem. I, I think so much he's anger. better than like than like all these like little kids today where they're like dodo 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 dodo. Yeah. Dodo 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 dodo. Like I hate that. You know? I agree. I 
there's something about Eminem. Yeah. But so, so, uh, so Iggy Azalea said this had lazy rhymes in it. She dissed oh, Eminem for lazy Iggy rhymes. Iggy is the rhyme. How can Iggy Azalea ever talk shit about stand, Eminem? Stand, son, I can't even believe that she would. Isn't mad, but how you gonna name yourself after a damn gun and have a man bun? Okay, honestly, honestly, this is like not the best. This doesn't really showcase his. A man bun. A man bun. Yeah, so I love Eminem diss tracks, and I'm going to play us out with, I think, the one that's my favorite. But uh, it's been a fun week, man. I can't wait to see the games next week. Good. My Colts are playing the Eagles. And I think uh, I think the Eagles are a lot weaker than people realize, man. Oh, I think they are, I would too. get off the full strain. I think we might just beat their ass, you know? I think you guys are. I, I hope you guys I are. I hope Quentin Nelson will dominate his opponents and take away their will to play. Who are, who are, the, who are the Cowboys playing coming up this week? Is it bad that I don't know? It is so bad that you don't know. Um... So I kind of have two favorite Eminem diss tracks. I'm going to go with this one. This is one where he uh, goes against the founder of The Source, Benzino. There used to be things called magazines. That oh, were, what are these? You could hold these in your things. hands. And there was a hip-hop magazine called The Source. And the owner of The Source was this whack-ass named Benzino. And he went after Eminem. And M went back at him. So we will play you out with Nail in the Coffin. Guys, find Lori Douglas where? On Instagram, Lori period Douglas. Find me at Sean Joshi, S-H-A-A-N dot Joshi. I want to thank everybody who came out to Sean Joshi and friends. You guys are awesome. Thanks for everybody that reaches out for kind comments about the podcast. We'll be back with the most knowledgeable, hilarious, comprehensive NFL report. And uh, we'll, we'll start to kick into uh, – our NBA previews. Holy shit, I can't believe that's happening. That's so crazy. It's like, you know, when you show up to, uh, to you know, Walmart, uh-huh. and it's like October 3rd, and they're putting the Christmas shit out. Oh, it's yeah. like, what the fuck is this? You know what I mean? All right, it's here's coming. Eminem nailing the coffin. This motherfucker, man. This whole setup, will you? Talking about I owe you. Bitch, you owe me. I'm promoting you right now. Yo, let's put the nail in this coffin. I don't wanna be like this I don't really wanna hurt no feelings But I'm only being real when I say Nobody wants to hear their grandfather rap Nope And old men have heart attacks And I don't wanna be responsible for that So put the mic down and walk away You can still have a little bit of dignity I would never claim to be no Rapentino An 83 year old fake Pacino So how can he hold me over some balcony Without throwing his lower back out As soon as he goes to lift me Please don't, you'll probably fall with me And our asses will both be history But then again, you finally get your wish Cause you'll be all over the street like 50 Cent Fucking punk pussy, fuck you, chump. Give me a one-on-one, see if I don't fuck you up. Try to jump the Rough Riders and they cut you up. And you put Jada on a track, that's how much you suck. Dick in the industry, swear that you in the streets hustling. You sit behind a fucking desk at the source, butt kissing and begging motherfuckers for guest appearances. And you can't even get the clearances, cause real lyricists don't even respect you or take you serious. It's not that we don't like you, we hate you, period. 
talk about a midlife crisis. Damn, last week he was shaking Obi Trice's hand. Now he's a buster. What the fuck's with that? Get on the track, kissing us, kissing 50s ass, and asking me what I know about indictments. Fight me, bitch. I got two cases and probation. Fight me. What do I know about standing in front of a judge like a man ready to take whatever sentence he has? What you know about your wife slicing the wrist right in front of the only thing that you have in this world? A little girl, and I put that on her when this is all over. I would never try to make her a star and eat off her. I don't know shit about no shopping rocks, but what you know about it? Pop shops, rocking spots where you're the only white boy up in that bitch just ripping. Pressing up your own flyers and your stickers, sticking them bitches up after spending six hours at Kinko's. Making copies of your covers of cassette singles To sell them out of the trunk of your tracer Spending your whole paychecks at disc makers What you know about being bullied over half your life? Oh, that's right, you should know what that's like You're half white Vanilla ice, Philippines and rice I'm meeting you alive inside Jesus Christ, if you're that much of a gangster Put the mic down You should be out killing motherfuckers right now Kill a motherfucker dead Kill him dead, bitch Shoot him in the fucking head Go ahead Bitch, slap my mom, slap the fuck out of her She can't sue you, she wouldn't get a buck out of you Cause you're broke as fuck, you suck You're a fucking choke If you was really selling coke, well then what the fuck you stop for, dummy? If you slew some crack, you'd make a lot more money than you do from rap You'll never have no security, you'll never be famous You'll never know what it's like to be rich Like a bitch, ain't it, Raymond? Here, let me break this shit down in layman's for you just to make sure that you can understand it's a cannabis ain't using too many complicated fucking words for you here yeah, let me slow it down for you so that you can understand if i say it slower let it go dog it's over i don't wanna be like this i don't really wanna hurt no feelings but i'm only being real when i say nobody wants to hear their grandfather rap uh-uh. you know, man, that